Hey guys, what's up? This is ARW Raw. We are here with Westside Gravy. How's it going? I'm doing super well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I know that everything's so crazy right now during COVID and all of us artists are just kind of freaking out. So it means a lot to me that you're here to talk about Judaism, music, everything with your career and your aspirations, you know? Yeah, I'm super glad to be here and, you know, always find a way to keep going. You really do have to always find a way to keep going. So I just think that it's important to tell people how we met. I think we met through um, that Jewish that Jewish guy on Instagram who always, like, promotes rappers and stuff. Isn't that the guy? Yeah, that's what happened. He, uh, he made a meme of, of like, Jewish rappers. Um, oh, yeah, it was us page. and Drake and Lil Vicky. Yeah. It was dope to be on that page with all kinds of talented people. <laughs> I know, right? And it's so cool being an up-and-coming Jewish rapper and really seeing the big Jewish rappers and looking up to them and being like, oh my gosh, this is who I could be and this is how I could broadcast my culture and my background. Yeah, it's really amazing. I mean, that guy is so cool. I forget his channel, his uh, page name, rather. I, I don't remember his page name, but he, he posts some cool stuff. Yeah, I could find it real quick, give him a little shout-out. Oh, that. you should? We should plug him. Yeah. yeah, I think I follow him, probably. Yeah, I definitely follow back. Let's see. <laughs> But yeah, it's super cool to always, you know, support fellow Jewish content creators, people who are, you know, putting in a lot of work and promoting people. All right, here we go. It's a uh, Jew problems with two S's. Oh yeah, Jew problems. That's him. Shout out Jew problems with two S's. Everyone go follow him because he posts great memes, including ones of us. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, since I'm from the DMV and you're from San Diego, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. I thought you were from San Diego. I saw your post and I was like. It's kind of interesting because we kind of flip-flopped. Like, I'm from D.C., but I moved to L.A., and you're from S.D., but you moved to D.C. area. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's dope. It was actually pretty cool. Um, I grew up as a Navy brat, so I actually moved around a whole lot in my upbringing, and I spent most of my time in San Diego. But I lived in Bethesda for a little bit, and then um, now I'm actually in D.C. for school. Oh, yeah, right. You're a GW, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I love the DMV. The DMV is such a vibe. It's It must have been really hard moving around so much as a kid, but I'm sure that you really liked Bethesda, right? Yeah, I actually really did. I got to say the DMV, I mean, obviously San Diego's home, nothing but hometown love, but um, it's probably one of my favorite areas, you know, cities uh, in the country, to be honest. It's a very, I would just say like it has very, very well, obviously I'd say it has a home vibe because that's where I've grown up, I grew up and I spent my whole life, but it has a very comforting residential vibe where you always feel like okay everyone here is very accepting and very nice yeah that's for sure there's a little bit of southern hospitality in the dc area yeah i would definitely say people don't realize that dc is actually pretty much southern hospitality vibe it's not so much of the politics and i don't know savagery cutthroatedness that people think it is all the time yeah that's definitely true so i appreciate about it uh, yeah, that's a definitely an element I can appreciate the DMV as well. You know, living in L.A. and working in the TV film industry, you know, working on like music videos with big rappers, uh, just doing a lot of different content creation in addition to being a musician. I feel like you really see a lot of different sides of people. And I find that the people who are from the East Coast, especially the DMV area or like Philly or New York, those are the most down-to-earth people I find out here because they actually understand what it means to work from the bottom up and have a work ethic. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely something. There's definitely different vibes out here on the East Coast. For me, I definitely prefer D, uh, D.C. and the DMV over, like, the other areas out here. Um, 
but even like San Diego is really laid back, which is something that's kind of cool going from San Diego to DC um, and kind of seeing how it's different, but also the great things to appreciate about each area. Yeah, I feel like you and I definitely both take the best of both worlds with everything. You know, when we were planning this podcast, I was thinking a lot about how we're very similar in that, like, we have a chill vibe, but we're very motivated. I think that it takes being in both Cali and and the East Coast DMV area to have that sort of, okay, I have the drive to succeed, but then I can chill type attitude. Yeah, definitely. I feel like sometimes people from D.C., especially, you know, downtown are very... I just would say fast paced and maybe just super pressed all the time. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that vibe a little bit in, a, you know, around where GW is. But it's really cool to see that action, to see so many people motivated and really chasing their dreams. If it's in that sort of political realm, which, you know, I dabble in a little bit when it comes to, you know, more like activism and stuff about Jewish identity, being black and Jewish. Um, I'd love if also, you talk some more about that, though. Like, that's that's why, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast, because there's a lot of people who are super racist who don't understand that black people can be Jewish. Like, they yeah. don't get that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that that's uh, something that I've seen, depending on where I live, seeing certain places that are more accepting of others um, and certain places where people are more used to interacting with more, you know, diverse Jewish communities um, versus not. So for me, like in my household, it was always... Um, very much like be proud of yourself, be proud of your identity. My parents were very much uh, supportive of me growing up and teaching me about the amazing parts of having, you know, a black identity and a Jewish identity and connecting to that culture. But they also didn't hide the fact that there were going to be people who were racist and who were, um, you know, were going to discriminate against me because of that. So I was kind of prepared for that growing up. Um, And that's the music actually kind of ties into that, too. Because I grew up listening, you know, to James Brown say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud from a very young age. And that's you know, amazing. my mom would play that for me. And that's was like sort of that foundation that I was ready to go into the world and kind of deal with this discrimination and be prepared to stand up for myself. That's that but that's that's what you need from your roots of Judaism and from being African American, because I feel like a lot of people who are African American and Jewish, the parents are kind of okay with them hiding their culture or just saying oh yeah I'm just black or they, they, they don't want to make it too complicated you know but it means a lot that you are so confident coming from that multicultural environment and really having moved around so much just using everything from your childhood and from what your parents have taught you as the inspiration behind your music and when I looked up your music when I first found you in our little meme thing I saw how many monthly listeners and followers and everything you have and I am so impressed with the reach that you have with your brand, how did you tie that into your culture? And how did you decide to promote your music in connection to your culture and your embracing your Jewish identity? Yeah, so I think uh, that's like a really good question. It get, really gets me thinking about like my origins and starting music. So I mentioned like I listened to James Brown growing up, but I really listened to a, a really broad diversity of types of music from, you know, reggae, a lot of old school hip hop, West Coast stuff growing up in San Diego. Right. Something that was like a a key point of that, I'd say, is people who are telling their stories and rapping about, you know, their experiences growing up and actually having like a personal connection and and some sort of message. And obviously, you know, you have people who are just making fun songs, too, because that's also part of their, you know, personality, um, which I think is the beauty of music. Uh, So for me, when I started writing music, I wanted to talk about my personal experiences. So I had some songs about growing up and moving around as a Navy brat. Um, also had a lot of songs that were a little more political motiv- politically motivated. So stuff about like um, police brutality and experiences growing up and having that as a concern on my young mind. 
um, and stuff that I was aware of. So I think that I always had those kind of foundations uh, within my musical talents and sort of my aspirations was to, you know, tell my story and also have, you know, fun hype West Coast kind of fun songs. Yeah, but, I love your music. I played a bunch of your songs and it's definitely a vibe. Like, I, as you can tell, I have a lot of silly songs and my upcoming album, Ashkenazi, is much more serious. So I feel like listening to your music that's about such big topics like your song like diaspora and like all your stuff like greatness like i love your song hands up high like all that stuff like you have a really cool just vibe with like being motivational being really deep with like the politics side of things like on the cultural side of things but you also have like a fun bounce to it you know thank you i appreciate that likewise you know it's always fun like listening to your music a lot of very like good energy and stuff i get that and that's really cool it's important to have that means a lot to me. And I think it's I think it's really awesome that you sing and rap and you're not just limiting yourself because as someone who has a vocal coach and like I'm super high energy and I really like to try a lot of different stuff, I find it really impressive when people can rap and sing. So like as as an up and comer artist, you know, how do you tie everything in like with culture, with promotion, with merch, with shows? Like how does that all work for you? Like what's your ecosystem like with with, um, you know, using your music as a business? Yeah, so I think that for me, it's all, it's all kind of tied together um, just from the essence of the music that I create. It always starts with just the music itself, because I'd say that's 100 percent my passion, you know, whether it's making the beats and then coming up with ideas for lyrics and what I want to communicate in a song. And then, uh, you know, basing my brand and my merchandise and all of that around topics that I touch on in my song. So whether it's just like a fun West Coast song, like I just released this track called Fool um oh i love know. that song yo fool that's dope Thank i know you, you I just released that. it at the end of march right I, I was listening to it earlier yeah i dropped the uh, end of march and uh just dropped some merch for that too just kind of encapsulate that sort of like san diego southern california bounce to it um and promoting you know brand wise you know promoting that kind of music to that right. kind of audience and all my people who you know are on the west coast shout out to everyone uh, who taps into that kind of music uh, and then also, you know, incorporating elements of my culture, of my identity in that more storytelling aspect and in uh, designing merchandise based on that and promoting that to, you know, my wider audience, I'd say, um, you know, more of a broad group of people, whether it be my fans who usually found out about me from like West Coast music to people who really want to connect with their identity. Um, and that's how they found out about my music and kind of having that mutual respect for both sides of my artistry. How do you promote your music? Because I see how many plays you have. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're popping. Like, obviously, you're super talented. But I find that a lot of really talented artists cannot get the exposure they want. So I feel like for everyone listening, you know, I do have a lot of fans who are up and coming artists. What is the advice you would give them for, like, how to promote your music, how to get on the big playlist, how to, you know, get get it all up there? You know what I mean? Because, like, one of my biggest songs just has like a hundred thousand plays even but that was just organic like i'm curious myself how do you get such a wide reach uh to be honest it's really it's been relatively organic for me too it's been about you know creating like a something that's really reflective and authentic to who i am and hoping that that'll resonate with other people and um i'd say i've gotten pretty i've been pretty fortunate that a lot of people have you know my music has resonated with them and then uh, as far as the actual promotion of it I think trying to do as many performances and shows as possible. Um, obviously, that's a little harder right now, but 
in general, I'd say doing performances and getting people to hear your music live is really important. People connect that way. Um, and it's just been a really steady process. And as people, more people hear you, more people are going to share your music. Uh, and as long as you have some sort of presence on media, it doesn't have to be, you know, crazy um, trolling or anything. Like that's kind of a thing that a lot of people do now that I've stayed out of. But really just focusing on myself, trying to collaborate with people, post when I have new songs and uh, really show appreciation because it's, you know, I make music and I like to think that my music is really good and I'm glad to see it resonates with people. But if it wasn't for the listeners who are taking a minute to actually click on those Spotify links, go watch my videos and share it with their friends, you know, I would be nowhere. Right. Like, I feel like I get a lot of my promotion from being on TV shows and being on different platforms and actually guest starring on different podcasts and doing features with other people's songs. I find that people showing each other my music is one of the biggest promotions that I have. And I have a pretty big audience on Instagram. I just hit 22,000 followers. So oh, I was like, oh, thank you so much. I know. And I was like, I see you have a pretty big following. Like I see like one 1.5K on YouTube. You know, we both we both moving up there. And it's cool to see that everyone is just kind of connecting each other to each other and connecting our music to other people. I think also it's really important to not troll. Like I had a manager at one point who was forcing me to gain weight and he was forcing me to make videos where I acted crazy and all this other stuff that really wasn't me and it wasn't genuine to who I am. And it put me in a position where I was making these like troll, like, whoa, Vicky type videos. And he made me like talk in an offensive accent. And it was just very uncomfortable. And, you know, once I switched my brand to being myself and just being authentic, people vibed with it so much harder than they did when it was just more like bad baby type crazy videos. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I think that's a really important point, especially like hearing your experience with that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just there's a lot of people who just don't realize like that's just going to make you look like an idiot. It's just going to make you look like you're inauthentic, you're posing to gain clout or whatever you know i'm just a very real person as you can tell like i just want to put other people on i want to get promoted from other people who believe in my music i'm not the type of person who's like oh pay for followers or like make like fake videos where i'm pretending to do this and i'm really lying to people that that yeah. i didn't feel comfortable with that that didn't sit right with me yeah i mean I, I think so many people are going through that right now where there's this kind of one option on one hand where it's like all fame driven versus just realizing and getting back to the foundation of why you know you or me started music which for me was really just about wanting to express myself um for who i am and then not getting like caught up and distracted by all these other like possibilities of trying to just chase fame or get clout because that kind of just comes naturally a lot of times yeah i mean i think that if you're dope people will catch on and people will vibe with it like i get messages every day all over social media like keep going like don't get discouraged follow your dreams like the people who are my fans who encourage me like that, that's what keeps me going, you know? Like, sure, you could be Drake in, like, 10 years, but are you going to enjoy right now and yeah. moving up and that whole process? Because some people just want to kind of skip the entire process of moving up in the industry. They just want to be famous now, 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 you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, you even mentioning getting those like messages from supporters, like I'm sure that's super important. Like for me, it makes me feel great. I don't know. Yeah, it makes me feel great too to be able to put a smile on people's faces. You know, that's why I do Patreon and my live performances. That's why I do this podcast. 
That's why I make YouTube videos every week. I just want to share with people and I want people to understand, like, I'm here to entertain. Like, this is what I'm good at. You know, I'm about to graduate from USC with my business of entertainment degree and I've studied it and I'm doing exactly what I need to do to get where I want to get. And I'm making people happy and I'm, I'm letting people know that they can achieve their dreams no matter what, as long as they work hard. Yeah, that's a good message. I feel like it is. Yeah, I feel like it's a good message. Like, what would be your main message for, like, all of your fans? Like, you have so... I'm just, like, so overwhelmed by how many fans you have, bro. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> me too. <laughs> like, I'm just super appreciative because, again, like, as much as, you know, I put in work for music, if it's not for... If it wasn't for people who are clicking on the link and showing it to their friends, their family, you know, it would have... You know, that's completely out of my hands. So, first, right. like, I'm just appreciative for that. But I'd say my main message is really for people to embrace who they are and uh, use music as a way to express um, themselves. You know, I think everyone in general, even if they're not a musician, can find a way to express themselves, parts of them. You know, uh, my older brother uh, is a huge inspiration to me right now. He's in Israel. He's serving in the IDF and he actually oh my writes gosh, a lot of articles crazy. about, yeah, thank you, um, about Jewish identity and about Israel. Um, and that's the way he expresses himself and uses his, you know, br brilliant mind. So, like, for me, it's been an inspiration to see him be able to do that um, and gain so many people who recognize the points that he's bringing up, you know, in the countless, like, media sources that he, he writes for. So, for me, I I'm just trying to, you know, do my part and really embrace who I am and inspire other people to find their ways of expressing themselves and expressing pride in their identity and their background. I mean, that's so important. And it means a lot that you are studying Judaic studies at GW and that you are incorporating that element of your brother serving the IDF. Thank God for him. That's amazing. Like, I really appreciate every single person who serves. One of my closest friends from USC actually was in the IDF for almost six years. And she came here to study Israeli studies and she just wanted to be here so she could be part of the Chabad and be part of Los Angeles culture because she has family who's here. But She's always just lived in Haifa her whole life. So she really just wanted to experience, you know, being in L.A. and being able to create a media company where she could spread stories like that of her own. That's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's amazing what you're doing, too. Like, you don't let people tell you, like, no, you're black. No, you're Jewish. Like, put you in one box. Like, you're just like, this is me. I'm doing me. Check me out. You're not asking people to approve of you. Yeah, I think that big, like, part of being unapologetic, I'd say, is also part of my message. So that could be, you know, from more of just a, a musical level, you know, you get a lot of people who try to follow just trends from wherever they're from uh, or from other areas to try and, like, sort of chase that fame and get clout, but aren't necessarily able to make music that really expresses what they're feeling and aren't able to get that sort of satisfaction. So for me, even when I make songs that are, like, for example, Hands Up High, which, you know, I made that song, I made the beat, like, the day before my 18th birthday a couple years ago. And How old uh, are you now? I'm 20 now. Oh, okay, I'm 22, so I feel that, like, it's like that vibe where you're young, you know? Yeah, it completely was. You know, I was definitely feeling uh, inspiration from a lot of old-school West Coast rap. I'd actually just gone to a Cypress Hill concert, and I wanted to make this beat that was, you know, really reflective of, uh, of my background in San Diego, and I had no idea how it was going to do. It was just going to be a fun song, you know, representing San Diego. And then clearly that resonated with a lot of people from my own city. Every time I perform that and say certain lyrics, uh, there's certain lines in that song, which only people from San Diego really catch and uh, they love it. But even beyond, you know, outside of the city limits, you get people who can just hear it and, you know, understand and feel that vibe and feel that authenticity. And Yeah, you know, like really you're repping that. where you're from and where you've lived before. Like you're not 
it goes back to the thing about not cloud chasing. Like, I feel like everyone on this podcast needs to hear about that element of things. Like, being an artist is about being an artist. It's not about, like, getting attention from people just to merely get the attention. It's important to have these mentions and these little hints at things that only certain people would know so that they can be like, hey, I see you. You know, it's 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 less uh, try hard. And I love that you went to the Cypress Hill concert and got inspired. I love Cypress Hill. They're dope. Yeah, grew up listening to them. It was really mm. crazy to see them live. Probably the best live performance I've ever seen. So here's a question for you. Do you watch Dave, um, Lil Dicky show? I need to. I have it on my watch list. <laughs> You're but... going to relate to it so hard. Like, oh, my God. I can't imagine how you'll relate to it because, like, I was just, like, in tears. Like, I was like, this is so relatable with, like, the Jewish parents who are like, you said you're going to be a rapper? Like, they're just so, like, it's funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's super talented, too. Yeah, he's he's very talented. I'm very honored that we were in his meme, in yeah. a meme with him. <laughs> Want to know something funny, actually? Crazy story. Yeah. So, actually, um, after, you know, I actually moved in high school to the Philadelphia area where I lived for a couple of years. Oh, shit, that's where my dad's from. Yeah? Which uh, which part? My dad is from Elkins Park. Oh, crazy. That's actually where I lived. What? Like, not too what? far from there. And actually not too far from where Lil Dicky went to high school. What? Just crazy. So, it was actually when I was there that I actually found out about Lil Dicky. And I heard her mention in her lyrics something about Cheltenham. I was like, what? I just moved over there. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy coincidence. That's crazy. That's literally crazy. Yeah. But... Oh my god. So you were like just you were just like, so that's where Lil Dicky's from. Okay. Yeah, right up the street. So it's always good to see, you know, obviously someone who's local and, and you know, Jewish making it big, making an impact. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. And I really aspire to be at your level of like fans for your music and stuff because unfortunately when I got to two hundred fifty thousand followers on my old Instagram with that manager who like made me do crazy stuff and like literally tried to basically uproot my entire life um <laughs> in short he uh he got me a lot of followers from be, you know doing all this crazy stuff and i had a really big audience on spotify and apple music i had like something like forty thousand listeners a month oh, but nice. then once yeah yeah it was dope but then it was all based off of this lie like oh i'm this like crazy like ghetto in quotes jewish rapper but that's not me so once that account got banned because it was under like my nickname that people call me so then it got really out of hand and like instagram banned the account and i had to restart and then pretty much all the people just thought okay she's she's gone now she's not making content anymore so then i kind of had to restart my entire content base and that's where it got like okay now i'm at like 200 spotify listeners because people are always listening to me on like apple or spotify or title or Bandcamp or wherever they're listening so it's kind of like dispersed so like what would your suggestion to me be for like expanding that listener base like just maybe more playlisting I mean I would definitely try more playlisting and then just uh continuing to just build it up for me like for me it's been really organic and I've dealt with uh some issues with trying to get my audience on like all the different platforms so I've been working right. a lot with those links that put like all the different platforms that you're on in one place. Oh, you'll have to hook me up after this. We'll be we'll be texting on some stuff about merch and these uh, link things because I've always been like, I need a more efficient way because it's it's hard to promote like oh Spotify, but also Apple, but also SoundCloud, but also this like. It's hard. My friend actually shout out Matt Norton. He's a crazy singer songwriter, super amazing, I'm very talented. We got a couple songs together, but he actually put me on because there's this uh, fan link thing that you go in and you set up. Um, and you put in a link for like Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, basically all the services, and it puts it in one place. And then like you click the link and it could play a preview of your song and then you could click whatever platform 
He wanted oh, to take you. Oh, and then you can to... put it in your bio when you drop it because that that's important to me because I'm dropping an album, my second album in June, the one I was talking about Ashkenazi, and I need to really have uh, a link where I can kind of have it as a home base for everyone who needs to find where they listen and they can pull it up. Yeah, that's super exciting that you're coming out with this album and that you're on top of all this promo. That's dope. That that means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me asking about the business side of things. I feel like this podcast is um very much a place where you can talk about anything and where you can share with people. And it's very much of a resource for everyone. You know, I just had my friend who was on The Walking Dead and Vampire Diaries on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I've had like my friend who was on American Idol, top four in 2014. So hey. I just like to have a lot of different um people who can who can give advice and who can give insight into things. Yeah, it's definitely important. And obviously, like the knowledge is out there. So it's important just to share it, you know? Yeah, it's really and it's really important for all of us to like show like, you know, we're real, like, we're not just trying to hide things from you. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, um, you know, for example, this is not like hating on anyone. But for example, Kilani, you know, of course, she's so talented, and she's huge, but that's because she's a record label behind her. So she doesn't have to do any of the business side of things. She just has someone handle it for her. So I feel like it's important for the people like us to let everyone know, you know, you can be a musician too. You just have to be on top of your business stuff. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it definitely took her uh, some hard work to get there, especially. And I'm sure she had to deal with like a lot of the stuff that, you know, rising artists are going through until you get that moment where you have other people who can actually help you and contribute and take it to the next level. Right. I feel like some people get really fake though once they sign. Like, what's your opinion on the, the, I, I don't know how to like put this, like how fake everything gets once you sign. Like, do you want to be signed or do you want to stay independent for a while? Like Chance the Rapper and like everyone like that? Um, I think it depends on what the deal is and how much control the label would have. So, I mean, it would really depend on the deal for me. Like at the moment, yeah. I'm happy, independent. I'm able to control my music, uh, produce my stuff, record it, make it sound the way I want it and then have control over like release timeline. Um, and then, you know, I'm learning the business right now as far as marketing and, you know, all the other business ventures that you kind of get involved in when you do music or really any entertainment. So, like, that's always a plus. But I think that, yeah. you know, labels can be great or can also cause a lot of difficulty with collaborating with people. And yeah, it's, it's crazy how some of these labels do. I don't know about that specific situation or, you know, his deal um, with the label. So, I, you know, I don't know exactly what kind of situation he's in. But, um I think that's important is to be ready and understanding like before you sign. Yeah, I have an entertainment tail. lawyer. Um, Actually, my lawyer, she like represents a lot of big artists. And my coach, um, my vocal coach, she, Amy, she represents, I mean, she, she coaches a lot of big, you know, successful people like Megan Trainer, Lady Gaga, a bunch of different oh, cool. people. And, um, you know, I, I got in with her because she's Jewish. So we, we were like, oh, Jew friends. So she's my coach. And she always tells me like, uh, same with my lawyer who always tells me this like you just got to keep being you and then putting in the work like be making the content like be recording with people so there's collabs like have that element to your brand where you are irreplaceable like you can't no one could be you and they need you to be successful these these labels and these these uh other people who could benefit off of your work like a manager or a bookings agent or anyone like that yeah. And that's the way it goes. I think at the end of the day is you get a lot of people who rise up in these certain situations where they're getting controlled by a label or even if they're independent by other like interests. And then at the end of the day, you're not necessarily being just yourself, which really is irreplaceable for, you know, a whole bunch of people with whatever yeah. venture you're doing. Yeah, I think that's so cool that you have that perspective as well. And, 
you know, maybe we'll collab one day, who knows, and then we'll have a whole crossover of our fan bases. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> yeah, and I just think that, like, I just think you're so cool because you don't try to hide anything about yourself. You're not like, oh, I'm just Black or I'm just Jewish or I'm just San Diego or I'm just Bethesda or whatever. You're you're everything and you're not afraid. Like, you're just 20 and, you you know, you just turned this age where it's like, okay, you're going into this decade of your life where you're supposed to be yourself you're supposed to express yourself do whatever your heart desires and I feel like you're truly grabbing hold of that and making it a reality yeah I'm just trying to trying to carry on the legacy and you know do everything I can to take advantage of all the opportunities you know that I've gotten because of my family I know that's so awesome and you know aspiration wise is your desire in life to be this rapper artist touring the world or something or what is your goal with you know, majoring in Judaic studies, doing this rap music where you produce and you promote and you record and you just do all of this good stuff. What is your goals with everything? So I think for me, the music, like I definitely have a passion for that. And that's the way I express myself. So I never plan on stopping. And, you know, I've been fortunate that at this point, I've seen, you know, a lot of success and there's a lot of promise in that. So I'm just going to keep pushing and keep pursuing that. And, um, I have the drive to be successful and I think that it could take me there. So, you know, that's my aspiration as far as that goes. And then when it goes to my studies, uh, as far as majoring in Judaic studies and getting my degree, education is really important to me. And um, especially education, as far as like culture and cultural background, I feel like that's something that's been deprived of so many people, so many of my ancestors um, and kind of being separated from your culture and from your heritage. So for me, I'm trying to figure out, really ways that I can incorporate that passion for education and kind of fuse that and merge that with my music, uh, which I've done to a certain extent. Uh, I've done a lot of shows for like BBYO and other Jewish. Oh, hey, group. shout out BBYO. I've done shows for them too. It's dope. Were shout you... out BBYO. Yes. Were you in a chapter? I actually wasn't growing up. Oh, I was in Vela BBG in uh, Rockville. Hey. Shout out. <laughs> That's what's up. Yo. No, that's dope. Cause like you're actually are do you, are you part of APAC and stuff? Do you do that type of stuff too? Yeah, on uh, on campus, I'm actually right now the president of uh, GW for Israel, the Zionist group on campus. Um, oh hey! So it's really dope trying to you know show also like the political side and also the cultural side and different elements of like Israeli society and you know the nation of Israel extending to Jewish people and the diaspora all around the world on campus. So wow, yeah, wow, that's so amazing. Wow. I was supposed to go to Israel actually next month, but obviously that was canceled for my birthright trip. Uh, and it was so sad because all my friends from Chabad and I were going to go and have a great time, you know, and live the Israel experience. Yeah. Have you been? I canceled. Yeah, I've been a, a few times, actually. How about oh, you? I've never been. Oh, so this is going to be your first time. <laughs> I know. And I was going to, like, make a whole album, like, about the trip when I came back. It's kind of crazy because... The guy I produce everything with and who helps me write and um, he also engineers like everything for me. Shout out Luca Lassone. He's like one of the most amazing producers in L.A. So we are actually about to be living like five or ten minutes away from each other because we're both moving to Hollywood. So it's kind of crazy because I'm like, oh, now whenever I have like a great idea, I can just call him up and be like, Luca, let's record. Like because because we used to live like kind of far away from each other because I'm downtown and he's actually like in Torrance with his family. So it's kind of like an hour long drive. And it's, it was like always just when you go to record, it's got to be you have everything ready and you're ready to lay down the bars and then get it done all within like three hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, tough. That was interesting, like dynamics that change when you're able to just be in the studio and just work on something continuously versus the separate sessions and all that.
Yeah, I honestly wish I could produce my own stuff. I'm so impressed by that with you. Like, where do you record in? Like, what sort of programs do you use? What's your setup and everything? Yeah, so actually, um, I got into producing because in high school, I was trying to find people to produce for me. And, you know, high school is crazy. Everyone's busy. Everyone's uh, doing their own thing. So I ended up just trying to figure out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to do this myself. Um, <laughs> actually started out, made a couple of beats on GarageBand. Uh, just to kind of try and figure out how, you know, the digital audio works. Um, and then over the summer between my uh, sophomore and junior year of high school, I got way more um, professional as far as the production. Um, because I'd been writing music and, and making music, performing since, you know, for a really long time before then. Um, but when it came to actually trying to start production, it started in like my sophomore year of high school and going on from there. Do you do like Logic or do you do like, um, like, what do you use? Yeah, so I actually got Logic way back then in high school and I've been using that ever since. Now I have like Machine with Native Instruments. That's where I do most of my drums, um, which actually is probably the, my favorite music investment I've ever done was getting that little machine drum pads and being able to tab out the drums. It just makes it so much more fun. That's so awesome. And I, yeah, drum pads are key. My boyfriend Jordan is actually a musician as well and he it's so cool because he helps me write a lot of my songs and he is not jewish but he's very interested in the jewish culture like obviously not like oh i'm gonna convert or whatever but he's he's very much a part of the jewish culture now since like i came into his life two years ago so <laughs> we do a lot of like beats based on like jewish influence you know like the vibes from the culture like i feel like it's so important to be able to have your home set up so you can actually be inspired and be like oh let me go over to my computer and just like tap this out and like get the beat down and you know build it from there yeah that's been really key for me it's like i produce and uh record in my bedroom or in my dorm really that's where i have everything set up and it does just really feel that creativity like you were saying yeah because sometimes you're just like you have this vibe and you're like okay i want to record right now but then you know for me it's more like oh like you know because obviously i have to pay the people i record with like like my homies like obviously you know it's a good price but it's not like it's not like ridiculous but I'm not, I hate using people for free work because it's like, I respect them. They respect me. Like I work in production. That's where I make most of my money right now. And obviously, you know, I want to be a very lucrative musician and make a lot of money off of my business of music. But it's important to me to treat everyone with a lot of respect and respect their time and really just compensate for the craft that they put into it. So I feel like if I started learning how to make beats, I would be on a whole other level because then it's like F paying people. I can just do it myself. Yeah. That's definitely another, another pro is being able to have it all, you know, in your right. room or in your own setup. And, and it's also a fun process learning, like obviously also collaborating with other people and getting tips from them and, you know, helping well, I mean, them. Now we have the time, honestly. And I'm very, I'm a very musical person, you know, ever since my bot mitzvah, everyone's always told me like, you're a great singer. You're so talented. So that's kind of why I do like concerts at the Viper Room out here in like West Hollywood all the time. And why I do my Patreon live videos and why I go on IG live and like sing for people and YouTube and everything just kind of like promoting that we are all artists and that you can embrace your artistry if you put the work in to hone your craft i think there's a lot of people who are like oh i'm not i'm not a producer i couldn't make beats and that's how i used to be but it's like really if i put the time in and had the tools and sat down and did it and just spent time i would be able to yeah definitely for me that's how it was um, i might need I to learn out. some stuff from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean what ended up happening was like i made my little stuff on garage band and obviously i knew like 
I'm not going to be Dr. Dre on GarageBand yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, over the summer, that summer, when I got a uh, Logic and got like a keyboard and stuff, I ended up just sitting in my room for like hours a day for like two weeks, just messing around and uh, seeing what I could create. And most of those beats I didn't end up using, but there's actually a couple that I spent time and like worked on and improved and eventually ended up putting on albums and different projects. But that's so amazing because like, then you can control like the whole pipeline of the release. Like you were saying, like if you're with the label, like you'd want control creatively and um, on the business side as well. And I think it's really cool that you actually can go back to beats and be like, okay, let me build on this because a lot of people don't see a beat as something you can build on. They just see it as like, this is the beat. Like, you can't work on it more. It's just how it is. But you always have to be able to be like, oh, no, I want to kind of put this reggae vibe into it or put this like trap vibe into it. You know, you can always take a beat anywhere. It just depends how much work you want to put in or what direction you want to take it in. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't even realize that until after you wrote the lyrics and have the song structure and you listen right. back and you're like, oh, maybe I want this instrument yeah. to be a little louder during this part. And people don't really realize that like, us as artists, we always go back in and change songs or we have like hundreds of unreleased tracks. Like I'm sure you can speak for that as well, that we we all have a lot of unreleased music that people probably will never hear. But, you know, it takes making that music to inspire the actual release. Yeah, that's for sure. It goes for beats, too. I have so many beats that I made. And then later I make another beat. and I'm like, oh, this sounds kind of like it's the same vibe as the last one. So maybe I'll just work on this one more. Right. Forget about the old one. Yeah, I'm just so glad that we met. Like, this is so cool that I could have you on this show and that we met through uh, Jew Problems, you know. It's like, the internet is so cool because you can meet people and be connected to them from thousands of miles away and actually inspire each other. It's like, it's just such an awesome process, just the creative process with collaborating with everyone. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And even now, in these crazy times, it's like annoying a little bit because you know not able to go out and actually do the shows that I'd planned on but you know I'm actually performing at like a Yom Ha'atzma'ut uh, thing it's Yom from home it's a whole bunch of Jewish and Israel uh, organizations including JNF uh, oh cool it on and you know I'm able to do it online you know from home and still coming up with creative solutions to bring music to all sorts of people that's awesome and that's also why I'm a musician too so like I can put a smile on people's face as I said earlier make people feel like someone relates to me like this person understands me and it, it's it's too bad because I also had a lot of shows planned and I was actually going to do some stuff when I went to Israel too like I was coordinating some stuff with my friends in Israel to do like some shows there while on birthright oh, that's dope. and yeah yeah and I was supposed to go back to the DMV to visit my sister because she's graduating high school it's so sad because we're both graduating but there's no ceremony so like all of the graduations canceled all of my trips like Coachella was canceled um I was supposed to take my grandma with my family um, on, on her 90th birthday trip to Italy and that was canceled too. So it's just shame. like, everything is just, you know, it's such a shame. It's like, but you know, it's, we're very lucky that we get to be able to do shows from home. And this is a time where we can, you know, really work on our music and our content and reflect on everything. Even though everything's canceled, it doesn't mean that like love is canceled or music is canceled or um, just celebrating each other's content and just, like promoting each other that's not canceled like we can all do that from home it's just it's hard to it's hard to really reflect on all of that being canceled and then try to appreciate it at the same time yeah it's true it's really easy to get to get down with all that yeah and i'm sure that like are you home with your family now yeah i am yeah i'm i'm just sure that there's people who are from you know india or china who can't go home and they're on campus at colleges all over 
the United States and wherever else right now, and they can't go home. I mean, pretty much any country, but especially at USC, there's a lot of people from India and China who are now displaced and they're like, they're living in the dorm and like, what are they going to do this summer? You know, they can't go home. They, they can't do their internship they planned. They can't advance their career how they wanted to. And it must be just so hard for especially international students. Yeah, it's so sad to see that. Oh, yeah. But it's it's amazing that you are using this time to promote yourself and to, to really get creative with it. Yeah, and so many other people. I'm just glad that there are all these other opportunities that people are reaching out to me with um, and creative ideas they have. Yeah, every day that people reach out to me with new stuff, I'm like, this is cool because because it's just you can put your music in front of so many different people now with the Internet that there are people who have never imagined that they'd vibe with it. And they just are already playing every single song and they're they're storying how much they love it. And they, they're telling all their friends. Yeah, I feel like definitely people are spending so much more time listening to mu- new music and discovering new music. Oh, my gosh. And I love how, like, all your merch incorporates um, Hebrew and, like, the Israeli vibe because I'm someone who does speak Hebrew and I also speak Spanish. So I like to incorporate a lot of different cultures into my merch. And I feel like the more that you can incorporate and the more people who you can get involved with your message and your brand, the more opportunities that actually pop up because people are like, oh, I didn't know that you do this or that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's just another reflection. And then, you know, it's part of the branding where people associate different themes, different ideas and concepts with your music and then also with you as a person. So that kind of expands the ability to reach out and do different shows, different types of speaking events. Right. Well, we definitely need a song about Jewish culture. I can tell you that already from speaking to you that we're, we could have a dope track about that. Definitely. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I have my song Jewish-ish. You probably heard it with my boy Lucas Roth. That's more silly, but I want a more like I want a more heavy hitting Jewish culture song where people are like, dang, Jewish culture is dope. I should look into it. Yeah, that's what I love to do. I know. And I love I love how your stuff is just all about everywhere that you've came from. And you're not just categorizing yourself. Like, I feel like I've said this so much in the podcast, but I just think it's so cool that like you just you just got to be yourself unapologetically and you don't care what people think and people love you for it. Yeah. You know, some people are you know, it hasn't been all great. I've definitely had plenty of experiences with people who are negative about it and, you know, just blatantly racist. But um, what can I say? You know, I was raised my mom and my dad who really, you know, instilled that in me that from a young age, you know, people are going to hate you and dislike you, but you can't change that. That's not in your hands. So you just got to keep on going and represent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why I love the Benjamin's baby video that you had because it was like in front of the, you know, Capitol Hill and you're saying like, not everyone's going to like you, but respect the hustle. And that, that is just what I'm all about. Yeah, that was a super fun one to shoot. I'm glad uh, you liked it. It was really fun to shoot that and, uh, you know, kind of turn all these stereotypes on their head and embrace <laughs> them, kind of make them yeah. all Like, I've also had people be really racist to me being, like, kind of reverse racist and being like, oh, you're white. Like, you can't rap. Like, you think you're Eminem. You think you're a little dicky. No. And it's like, I never said I was these people. Like, I'm me. Like, <laughs> I never said that I'm this or that. I said, I'm Amanda Rome West. I'm not all these other people. And I feel like so many people, like, if you're not just a quote unquote regular black rapper, you know, the stereotype that people promote, then people are always going to have something to say. But your music gets them to shut up about it because they're like, dang, they're talented. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I think that also comes from the culture and where I, where I grew up. And San Diego, the hip hop scene is, is pretty diverse. You have a lot of different Mexican rappers, you have Jewish rappers, you have black rappers, you know, people who are coming from different backgrounds, a lot of East Asian, Southeast Asian rappers too. 
And I think that that's really cool to see how everyone can kind of connect to the culture and uh, specifically from that area, it's something that's very local and people who are from that area aren't going to question it. They're just gonna yeah, they're not going to question it. Exactly. Like, I don't know if you've been to Songbird in D.C. Yeah, actually, I was there. I went to a concert for the rapper Pilo. Oh, Northern cool. California. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've done a lot of headliner shows there. And also, um, you might know my cousin, John Rome, if you know of him. I need to see. Yeah, I'll definitely send you his stuff, but we all perform there. And I feel like I, sh- I could definitely hook you up there because it's it's like an underground vibe. Like, literally, like, it is underground. Like, you go down the stairs and it's like, it's like a cool, like, underground rap vibe. Like, I don't yeah, know. It it's, really it's, just co- it's just cool that when you go to these type of venues and you have, like, your whole family and all your friends come. And then they're all just really promoting you. And everyone suddenly kind of understands, like, oh, this is the vibe. This is what this I keep saying vibe, but like I need another word for it. Like this is the energy of the of the music. Like I feel like once you perform it, your songs and once people get a taste of your music and your culture and what you're promoting in your songs, people really get down with it a lot more. Yeah, that's for sure. There's like a live element that really adds a lot. Oh, yeah. And like, sometimes I have a whole band. Sometimes I have different DJs who I'm friends with. Sometimes I do shows in clubs where like, for example, my first show ever, I performed on Fairfax, like across from Cantor's Deli at the um, this like club called The Dime and freaking Lil Rel came in and he was like, I vibe with this. Like, I like this white girl rapping. And I was like, okay, like that's dope <laughs> yeah like i love it when you're performing and just random people come in or someone who's famous and they're just like yeah like this is the this is the mood like it's it's just very encouraging to see even just anyone come in and and just walk into the show and see their face light up and be like oh yeah this is this is lit <laughs> yeah i love that mm-hmm. well this has been so amazing to have you on this episode um to wrap it up like i'd love it if you would give everyone one takeaway they should bring away from this podcast and also plug all your stuff. Yeah. So definitely I'd say my uh, one takeaway, it's been great talking about the business, um, you know, talking about the actual music, your creativity. And I think at the end of the day, the thing that drives all of that is being unapologetic about your craft and about the message you're trying to get across. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's a good lesson for everyone, even if you're not in music, I would say that you always should be unapologetic about yourself and whatever it is that you do, whether it's art or science or math or whatever it is, just be yourself and don't ever let anyone tell you different. Yeah, definitely. So your IG is Westside Gravy, right? And that's all your socials too? Yeah, you could catch me on social media, Spotify, Apple Music, all of that at Westside Gravy. Or you could also hit up the website at westsidegravy.com. Um, that's where you could get the merchandise or links to anything else. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here. We will definitely be talking soon about collabs, about everything else we talked about. And just know that I'm really impressed by you. Like, I started rapping when I was 20 as well. Like, I mean, you obviously started earlier, but I started rapping when I was when I was 20. So that really inspires me that you have just blown up this hard by the time you're 20, you know? Thank you. I appreciate that. It's dope to see everyone you know, being successful and seeing your success is crazy. It's dope. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And we will definitely be in touch. But for now, have a great day and keep doing you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.